As you review your content strategy, think about how you can create content to appeal to these different learning styles. It's very likely that you have a mix of all of these in your ideal target audience. It isn't enough to believe that communicating in the way that works best for you, because it is the learning style that you prefer, is going to work for others. After all, your marketing is not for you, it is for your audience. And meeting them where they are is going to be more effective than forcing them to meet you where you are. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that it was my first week teaching a new course. I want to share something that actually helped me get through that week a little bit better or is going to help me, I think, just overall be able to get through the whole course. And that was I had the students take a learning assessment. I wasn't familiar with this particular learning assessment, but a previous instructor from the course had left it. And so I reviewed it one evening and decided it could prove to be beneficial. So there are actually eight different learning types. Verbal means words are your strong point. You prefer words both in speech and in writing. Visual is the use of pictures, diagrams, images, or spatial understanding to help you learn. Musical or auditory is the preference for sounds or music or even rhythms to help you learn. Then there's the physical or kinesthetic learners that rely on the use of your hands, body, and sense of touch to help you learn. Logical or mathematical learners, their fallback is the use of logic, reasoning, systems, and sequences. Social learners like to learn new things as part of a group. Explaining your understanding to a group helps you learn. And if you like to work alone, you are likely a solitary learner. You use self-study and prefer your own company when learning. And the last type is a combination of any two or more of these styles. So I did the assessment myself and come to find out my top learning methods were social, auditory, and physical. Initially, I was a little bit surprised by the social learning being my top style, but as I reflected on it more, I realized I do that a lot, including in this podcast. I talk out my ideas and new information so that I can hear it. There's the auditory learner. And when I do this, I use my hands and other movement to help illustrate what I mean. And there is the physical or kinesthetic learner. And by sharing it out with the world, that's a social part of it. But I also strive to learn things in a social setting such as groups and networking and being part of, you know, a greater whole instead of just being on my own to learn things. Because then I can bounce ideas off of somebody and make sure that if I'm not understanding it, that I can get it cleared up sooner rather than later. Now, granted, there are times when I talk myself out of the idea, realizing that it won't work or seeing that I've misunderstood something. But I'm still almost always using all three of the learning types where I am most dominant. Podcasts are another great example for me using my auditory learning style. Whether it's listening to them frequently or producing one, I am relying on auditory clues to learn. 
So with all of this new knowledge about how we learn top of mind, I was struck by a stat that I saw yesterday on LinkedIn. Did you know that seeing a picture and listening to the message is 65% more efficient than just reading the text? The person who shared this is an animator. It's important for her audience to understand that stat because she can help them deliver on the ability to share their message through both words and visuals. So she was sharing that as a means of being able to communicate with them to prove her value. Well, I have to say this got me thinking. What if we were to consider these learning styles in how we deliver our messages? Whether it's for social posts, on our website, or any other medium that we might use. Content is king these days, right? We need to be able to repurpose our content and deliver it in a variety of different ways. We can take one topic, one core message, and deliver it in multiple different ways. Well, what if we were to apply a learning filter to that and think about how would we change the way we present the information that we want our audience to know by playing or speaking to the different learning types that our audiences have? So how could we do that? Well, we need to understand how these learners actually learn. So let's talk about that. The verbal learner enjoys language, reading, and writing. They might use mnemonic devices, acronyms, diagrams, those sorts of things to help retain your message. Try to organize diagrams, charts, and graphics into statements to support your points. Verbal learners also like to ask questions. If you are able to anticipate their questions and provide the answers, you may help them develop an interest in learning more about your brand, following you, or using your service. This actually reminds me of the concept of they ask you answer that Marcus Sheridan wrote. If one person has a question that needs to be answered about your product or service, chances are there are more people seeking those answers too. The visual learner prefers the use of images, maps, or graphic organizers to understand new information. This explains the popularity of the infographic. Those are designed to support the visual learner. One of the study cues recommended for visual learners is to replace important words with symbols. Did anyone else think of emojis when I said that? There are multiple web pages dedicated to delivering more and more emojis for our use. As much as I resisted using them, I can see how this helps the visual learner retain my message. Another thing that helps the visual learner is the use of color within your posts to highlight or emphasize specific key messages. Auditory learners understand content through listening and speaking, such as audiobooks and podcasts. You might even put webinars in there. Rather than just making a PowerPoint available to those who missed one of your presentations, consider providing it with a narration track. Videos will also help the auditory learner in your target audience. A jingle is another way to appeal to those individuals as well. Could you use a mnemonic in your message? Remember, a mnemonic is the sentences or phrases that the first letters of the words connect back to the idea you want to retain. The example that came to my mind was, every good boy does fine. That is a mnemonic for the notes on the lines of a treble clef. 
Kinesthetic or physical learners might be more challenging to reach through the repurposed content, but the use of real-life examples, analogies, and case studies that allow them to understand how your product or service physically works may be useful. Learners in this category enjoy the transformation process of taking information and building it into a project. Can you give them an experiment to do? By doing that, give them a glimpse into what you mean or are sharing? These are the people who tap, swing their legs, bounce, and in general just cannot sit still. They learn through their bodies and their sense of touch. So appealing to those in your audience who are kinesthetic learners may need to be reached through your giveaways or in the way that your product is developed. Logical learners rely on logic, reasoning, and strategy to make sense of the information they receive. Cause and effect and simulation type games appeal to their learning styles. The flow of the work necessary for your service to solve their problem would also be beneficial to the logical learner. Patterns, associations, and relationships help to maximize their understanding. Cut the fluff, get to the point, and share it in a way that is sequential and follows a pattern. In other words, lose the BS. Social learners or interpersonal learners enjoy working in groups. Can you offer a program, a training, or a mastermind as part of your brand? The social learner is going to be attracted to this. They thrive on sharing ideas and hearing the suggestions of others. Clubhouse is likely a great avenue to attract your social learners, though I cannot say that for sure since I'm an Android user rather than Apple, so right now I can't get on Clubhouse. Someday, maybe. The opposite of the social learner is the solitary learner, also known as the intrapersonal learner. They need quiet time in order to best process information and grasp concepts. You are not likely to find the solitary learner in a group coaching program or an active Zoom session. However, they might be lurking, observing, and listening, just not actively participating. Making sure you have an abundance of content on your website or social platforms will help the solitary learner get the information they need about you before taking action to work with you or your business. My guess is the social and the solitary learner is dominant in one or more of the other learning styles. They tap into those to help them learn through the social settings, like what I said about being able to talk through it. That's an auditory. Or in the solitary, if they are... If they're more verbal and prefer words, they're going to dig into the research further. So as you review your content strategy, think about how you can create content to appeal to these different learning styles. It's very likely that you have a mix of all of these in your ideal target audience. It isn't enough to believe that communicating in the way that works best for you, because it is the learning style that you prefer, is going to work for others. After all, your marketing is not for you, it is for your audience. And meeting them where they are is going to be more effective than forcing them to meet you where you are. I'm gonna be thinking about how to incorporate more of these strategies into my own communications. It will push me out of my comfort zone in some ways and challenge the communication style that has become routine for me. If you try some of these ideas or have another angle to share, let me know. I'm always looking for ways to jumpstart my content creation, and I'm sure you are too. I'll make sure to link a couple of the academic resources I use to create this episode in the show notes. And until next week, live life intentionally. 
So the other day, I posted on LinkedIn about my service called the Marketing Director on Call, and I had a person reach out to me and say, hey, I don't know what this is. Can you tell me more about it? So I thought maybe I should tell you about it too. We're all familiar with a physician calling on another physician to help with a patient, right? That physician there calling is on call. My on-call service is the same thing. If you are responsible for marketing but have no one to brainstorm ideas with or have marketing responsibilities as, quote, other duties as assigned, or maybe you are a founder or a business owner who is looking to bootstrap as many business functions as possible until you've grown enough to hire a bigger team, each of these roles may put you in a position to want to talk to an expert in marketing or branding. And you know what? That's me. And that's where the marketing director on call service is valuable. You drive the agenda, we brainstorm and strategize for an hour, working out an action plan, and you leave with clarity and confidence to make it happen. I'm on call for you. Your second opinion is a phone or now a Zoom call away. Check out the link in the show notes for more information about the marketing director on call service and also how to schedule a discovery call to, to find out if it's the right service for you. I look forward to hearing from you. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.